Honestly, I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania. What just Scranton to the school? office? The office, bro. Every time I tell somebody <laughs> that is not from Pennsylvania, like, oh, I'm from Scranton, they're like, oh, like the office, right? Um, I just expect it out of people nowadays. Like, right. I just have a bland face. Like, I don't even smile. I watch it happen when you. You know what I'm when, saying? When like, you, you probably saw me when you first met me, and it's like, damn, like. Kind of feel bad for you at this point. You feel me? It's like, I don't even watch The Office, so I can't even, like, answer people's questions about the show. Is things real? And it's like, I don't even know. Um, cool. So I went to high school at Scranton High School. You know, Scranton High School. Um, it was a 6A. Um, there was fifteen to 1,800 kids in my school. Um, but when you ask about sports, yeah, I played football. That was my main focus because I've been playing it since I was seven. Mm-hmm. But I did <laughs> basketball as power forward. I did track and field. I got recruited for that just because I was quarterback my junior year. Um, but, again, main focus was football. Track and field, were you, were you running? What were you doing? Hell no, bro. They okay. said, hey, you want to do field? We need a javelin thrower. It's like, yeah, I could do that. It would be kind of fun. Throw it pretty far? <sighs> my furthest, my farthest throw was 191 meters. So I got the states off that throw alone. And, dude, like, I was like this big guy, and I was like, damn, oh, there's no way. I'm not going to place top three at least in the yeah. state. Um, but – Dude, it was funny. It was like one of those things where I was always used to being the biggest kid, and then in that kind of field, the skinniest people were throwing at like 203 meters. And I was <laughs> like, wow, yeah, this ain't for me. I'm not going to yeah. college for this. But I didn't even have any coaching on it. It was just kind of one of those things, like most things I just jumped into and just mm-hmm. was kind of naturally gifted at it, if you will. Yeah. So that's high school. You're, that's your sports. Um, you know, how you're, you're obviously you now. You're, you're the guy that we, everybody in this room knows. Um, what's what's changed the most about you, you know, since you've been in high school? Because it's been a while now. It's kind of crazy. We're getting old. Yeah, I wouldn't say I changed too much. It's more so I just elevated myself. Like, I kind of cut out the bad things that I was doing. Like, I used to be the typical jock. Like, yeah. I knew the principal who was – shout out, Mr. Quill. I knew the principal was kind of one of those guys who's, like, f- huge football guy. So mm-hmm. once I was producing numbers starting as a sophomore to junior year to senior year – I had leeway, dude. Like, yeah. and I took that leeway because, like, we had a dress code. But I found the loopholes, made the relationships with the uppers, and said, "Hey, like, you like me, I like you. Like, this is acceptable, right?" Let's make this work. So yeah, dude. It was naturally always one of those things. Where I, I kind of was in sales, but didn't know I was selling myself to be likable, to be able to do what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and how I wanted to do it. Like, I was comfortable in sweatpants. I went to sweat. I went to school in sweatpants. Yeah, it's I nice. wore the right color. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I mean. Like. Was I hated for it? I found that out afterwards, yeah, because it was kind of like a thing where the kids that didn't have the privileges were like, well, I don't have those privileges, and you do, so fuck you. Yeah. So from that point, when I started to learn how to sell pest control, I figured out that it wasn't something that was only natural. It's something that could be grown, so I started to sell outside of just work. Yeah. Like if I got to an airport late, like 45 minutes before the flight took off, I would ask people online preemptively, like, hey, my flight takes off in 45 minutes. I need to get past this line because there's no way I'd be able to get through this by standing behind you guys. So do you mind if I, you know, get Mm -hmm. past? And it was kind of one of those things that kind of, again, elevated my life to have it be easier for me, if you will. And so so you're you're getting into 
um, you know, how it, how your life changed after EcoShield. We obviously started our first year. We're going on our fifth year, which is kind of crazy to to think about. And that's when we met and everything. And we had, um, obviously, you have the way that you grew up. We, we have a lot of similar similarities and um, stuff as far as, get like, you know, those moments before getting to EcoShield. Hmm. Um you know, you like you said, you were good at football. You, right. You went and played in college. Mm-hmm. Um, where would you play at? Played at Indiana University of Pennsylvania, IUP. Okay. How far is that from Scranton? On regular driving time, like three and a half hours. My driving time, like best clock time, was two hours and 40 minutes. And I'm assuming that's when you had the... Nissan Altima. Oh, okay. Sierra. Sierra, wow. We, I saw her worst moment, that car... <sighs> We we had our my first accident, accident on the dude. way to on the to way Dunkin' to Donuts, bro. We were on my yeah. way. We were on our way to Dunkin' Donuts. You know, morning ritual: get the coffee, get the caffeine flowing. Yeah, we're going to a roundabout pickup truck in front of us. GMC happens to be a Sierra. Um, looks like he's going. He lets off the brakes. He starts inching, and I say, "Okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm clear." I must have been you looking then, down, changing a song. No, or something. bro, you were like, "Yo, yo, 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 yo," and I was, I look up and just. Hit the car and I'm just like, dude, what in the world? But it was a, f- it was the nicest guy ever. He gets out, he he's like, nice. you have insurance, right? I'm like, absolutely. He's like, you don't want to do the cost to you, and I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, all right, take the, put your information down. I'll put mine. I was like, dude, I don't even know what information you're talking about. Yeah, what do you need? What do you need <laughs> from me? So it was kind of one of those things that it uh, was a bad moment, but it kind of carried out. Like we got our Duncan. I was stressed. Called my mom. Shout out Heather. She helped me out with the doing the situation. Got the coffee, dropped you guys off at Hood, and only made one sale that day, and it was late. It was like 5, 6 o'clock. We had like two hours left, and I was like, man, there's no way I can bagel and get in a car accident the same day. So I threw one up. It was like a one forty nine by monthly $1,000 contract, and I was like, God bless. Yeah, thank Shitty goodness. situation <laughs> turned somewhat good. Um, how did you find about Echo Shell? Because that's another thing that's similar to us. We, um, you know, Cy was our manager. Um, shout out to him. He's been a huge part in influence for sure and everything that we've been able to do. Um, so how did you find out about it? So I played college football at Jacksonville University, um, and then there was this kid named Meech. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, kid named Meech that was down there. He was playing football as well. He ended up transferring to IUP our second semester, so spring semester. I was still a freshman in college, like brand new to everything, and he's one of those kids that naturally. We had some of the same qualities, and we just kind of clicked. Like, he was in the same dorm. And we're cool. We're chilling. We plan on moving into the same apartment next year for our sophomore year, like, at the free range. enough to be in the dorms and whatnot. But he's like, hey, there's this opportunity in L.A. from one of my homies back in my old college that we can go door-to-door and sell some stuff. Didn't tell me what we were selling. Didn't tell me really much about it. And... I was like, dude, no way I'm moving to L.A. with you. Like, I barely even know you. And you're kind of like one of those kids that doesn't give a care in the world about too much but yourself. Um, so it got to the point where... So you were pretty hesitant about doing oh, it? Oh, super. But, like, I never had a job where I was working for something I knew I could do or knew I was good at. Like, dude, I was in a, a warehouse job before. Like, I was stacking... I was the guy that you would, like, a Walmart would order Snapple, Gatorade two liter bottles of soda and I would pick up the order sheet, go around the warehouse with a, a pallet, an electrical pallet carrier, pallet mover, if you will. And 
they would stack shit on, we would stack shit on that and yeah. then wrap it up and then send it off our way. And I was working with like crackheads, dude, like people that like convicted felons. And I was like, dude, this, what am I doing here? Like, I know I'm worth more than these people. So, so being in that position, knowing that there was more out there for you, um, why were you timid about it? Why weren't you, you know, oh, this is definitely an opportunity for me. I just know? didn't trust them. Like, I didn't know them enough. Yeah. Like, we were kind of just hanging out in college. You know how it is. Like, yeah. you're in college and it's like... Yeah, you have friends, but, like, you don't know how many siblings they have, what their childhood story is like. And it's like, dude, like, no way. But then I went back to that job for the winter, winter break, and I was like, dude, again, I what am I doing here? Like, yeah. I'm making $15 an hour, and I'm working, like, 3 to 10 o'clock at night. So I lost all my social life, and I was like, this isn't even worth it. He brings up the opportunity again, so it's, like, end of January, early February, and I'm like... Okay, tell me the details. Like, who do I have to talk to? He's like, yeah, oh, this guy side just bought his truck. He <laughs> same year as me, bought a thirty-five thousand dollar truck. Look at it, it's a ramp pickup. I'm like, no way. <laughs> He's in college, playing college football. Just yeah. bought himself a truck. Yeah, living in LA for you said for free, selling things. That's it. He's like, yeah, dude, get on the phone call with him. Call Sai. He just, I was laid down, bro. Yeah. As yeah. soon as he told me the same thing, Meech told me. I was like, oh no way, he wasn't bullshitting. Yeah, this that's what he told me. Okay. Hmm. Tell me what I can make here. Right. So he tells me, and I'm like, okay, so you're telling me you're going to fly me out for free. You're going to house me in Los Angeles. I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Only thing I knew about Los Angeles was through the TV, Instagram, things of that nature. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. I don't have to take order slips, take them around a warehouse with crackheads, and stack things on the pallet anymore. I can just talk to people. That's it. Yeah. What's the catch? Right. And it's so funny because, like, I talk to people about the job nowadays trying to get them to come out and it's like I hear the same things all the time what's the catch what are you not telling me right so uh, I totally relate when I'm recruiting but what do you think the catch is <sighs> you know I don't have an answer I don't think there is one I don't think people nowadays like everyone nowadays wants to get rich quick right like that's obviously what everyone wants to do instant gratification we have Instagram we can scroll and find whatever we want but it's one of those things where it's hard work, but it pays off. The hard work is just being able to be disciplined and walk around for a few hours looking for the opportunity for someone to talk to and yeah. listen to you. Mm-hmm. So, again, to answer your question, I don't think there's a catch, really. I think the catch, the, in general, the, I think the catch is just, it's hard, you know? I mean, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, not, it's not, you know, it's harder than stacking pallets. It, it is, it's more challenging than riding a forklift or whatever, or not a forklift, but, you know, Writing something around and stacking, and so it, it's a it's a difficult thing. Um, maybe not. It's it's not the most physical thing because I've I've worked for four different construction companies. Right. So it's not the most physical thing, but well, think, it's uh, it, it's definitely mentally challenging, and it's some one of those things that you have to put in a ton of work outside of it. So like you have to kind of see. Yeah, of course. Outside, you know, you kind of have to see a bigger picture. You right. Know? And so, you know, you came out, but was your you know. I guess your big picture moment coming out, just the fact that Sai said the same thing Meech was saying, basically, or... Yeah, and, like, my, my mom was on the... She was on the bed while I was talking to him, just pacing around the room, because I was like, there's no way this is real. There's no way this is real. So yeah, yeah. she's just, like, sitting on the bed, and it's on speakerphone, and he's talking. And I think he was driving from Jacksonville, or maybe he was driving from... He was driving from from home, Arkansas, to... Or Oklahoma to Jacksonville. So he was on the way, like, he was just talking me up, and I was like, okay... He told me how I can be paid. It's all myself. And essentially, he gave me, like, what it would be like pitching somebody. And I was like, there's no way I can't do that. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was yeah. one of those guys that I was already naturally gifted on talking to anybody. I was always outspoken. I was always knowing how to spark up a conversation with anybody. Mm. And I would always look up to older people. So when he said, you'd be talking to homeowners, it was like, okay, I just have to create value for them. Right. Which is not necessarily something I knew I could do or knew I was doing when I was doing it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so my mom was there, and she was like, I remember, I won't forget it. She goes, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? You go out there to L.A. for free, make some money, get a new experience that no one in the family has ever gotten before in our generation, or you come back home to where you already have the support, and then you go back to college football. Yeah. So it was like a win-win for me. Right, yeah. It's, you know, either you, you try it or you're back where you are right now. Exactly. Yeah. So um, would you say that your mom's probably, you know, the in your life, um, that figure that's been able to kind of be a foundation to give you advice and oh, stuff yeah, like I'm that mom, on that? I'm a mom's boy for sure. Yeah? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. Um, always been like that for you? I mean, yeah, because, like, I was I was four years old when my dad left. He mm-hmm. stayed around Scranton for a little bit, and then when I was, like, six, seven, he then moved down to Florida and then would come back every now and again. So, like, yeah. I was seeing my dad maybe a week out of the year, maybe two weeks. I would go down to Florida, hang out with him. And then come back to Scranton, she was always the one taking me to football practice, always the one taking me to daycare, things of yeah. that nature. So, like, she's been my main support system, but she's always – she watered the seed, bro. For she sure. always told me yeah. I was I was an old soul. I can't do anything I wanted to do in my life. Just gave me the – like, gave me the affirmations before I started doing the affirmations for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So once she said, like, yeah, what's the worst thing that can happen? It was just like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. There is no second guessing it. Having that, um, having that person just to give you like affirmative, yeah, you can do that. Exactly. If like this no, is what, if this is what it is, then you, you know you can do that. Because even if I failed, I knew she wasn't going to be upset with me. She would still yeah. be absolutely elated that I still went out to do something, moving across the country, only knowing one person that I halfway knew. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's and that's one of the things that we relate on pretty well. Is just showing up, not knowing, you know, and especially at the point, it's crazy because we, you know, we started first year. Um, I want to know like what you know what your first impressions of me were versus when we actually met you know because like we <laughs> right. I, I, don't know if it, I don't know if it was june or july but we were two months in before we started hanging out going to eat on the weekends and you know hanging out after work mm-hmm. and even um starting to ride out to area together and stuff right. like that it didn't happen till like midway through the summer dude no so i'm gonna give you my first impressions too so you, you got it bet so what happened was I hate to bring the race into it, bro, but I get there. He, so I'm on vacation the week before, and I'm on a cruise. You know, we're living life. We port out of Miami. We go to these different islands, and it's just like, again, a new world experience for me. So You went on a cruise? You were on a cruise? Yeah. By the way, we're going on a cruise tomorrow. So yeah. Paid for by the company. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Family you guys should come join. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Man. <laughs> so the whole thing was I was on a cruise the week before. I had to fly out for L.A., and... I got back, went to the airport, bro. Almost missed my flight. I had my AirPods in. Wasn't paying attention. Like, it's my first time flying alone. Got to my right gate, was sitting there. Had some money in, smacked those, had the earbuds in. And then I'm looking at, it's American Airlines flight out of Philadelphia. I'm looking at the screen, it says boarding group four. And everyone's starting to clear out, and I'm boarding group seven. So I get up, and they're starting to close the door that you board onto the plane from to get in. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, no way this is happening. I'm about to lose this my flight. 
So I walk into the door, the dude's leaving. I start banging on it, like I'm knocking on him. Like, there's no way you guys are taking off without me. Like, right. I just saw you close it. He comes back, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, this is my flight right here. Like, I'm, I'm erratic at this one. I'm like, this is my flight, here's my ticket, here's my seat. Like, I need to get on this plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to, I have a job out in Los Angeles, I need to get there. He's like, you're too late. Like, just being super crabby, and I'm like, dude, yeah. just let open the door. I will run down that thing. I promise you, they will not leave without me. So, let me on the plane. I get there, and it's like, I'm, again, I'm a week late because I went on that cruise. So, first day, <laughs> I'm rooming with Meech. He's the one that brought me out. I'm rooming with him. I get dressed. I'm like, damn, this is a good little shirt. It's the gray, dry fit, Eco Shield black lettering, and I have yeah. black cotton pants on that are high waters. <laughs> and I'm wearing Vans. Yeah, not ready for it at all. First year though, that did. Yeah, it did. I definitely did. I 100% did rock the vents. But I'm out there and like, we wake up in the morning. He tells me the schedule. I wake up and, bro, I'm late for my first day. I know. I remember. Like 15 (laughs) minutes late. Like we were midway through the meeting, dude. (laughs) I'm living with technicians, bro, and. I'm late, I see no cars coming, I'm looking at the time, meeting starting, and like I go back to the room and God bless Dave, Vern and them, or, or Dave is still there and I'm like, bro, like I'm late and he's like, oh bro, no worries, I got you, I'll take you there. Like just calm my nerves down instantly. I'm bro. telling you, bro, when I first met Dave too, he showed up, <clears throat> all official, always, calm. And always, always, like, every time you call him, every time he calls me, he answers, what's up Jake, talk to me. Yeah, what's going on? It's like, bro. Very calm. I forgot what I was gonna say, like that was a real man answer, but. He takes me, I walk in, I'm behind me because I'm timid. He's been there for a week already, so I'm like, bro, you know what's going on here. I'm late on my first day. Right, right. You've been here for a week. Like They'll talk to you before they talk to me in my mind. And again, I said not to bring the race into it, bro, but all I saw was white faces. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I remember one kid, his name was Colton Page, I believe. No, no, different guy. Col- I don't remember the last name, but it's not Colton Page. It's, is it Colton? Colton, though. Colton. I can't remember the last name. Me either, but... He has just the bluest eyes, like White Walker from I Game of Thrones him. blue, and he leans back, just staring at me, and I'm just locking eyes with him. And it's like one of those stares where it's like there's no movement in his facial expressions, and he's just staring at me, and I'm just like walking towards the whole group What's of like 30 dudes, and I'm like, bro, what did I just get myself into? There's a lot of white faces here. And we sit down, they go through the training, I go out the hood, I knock behind Cy, like I'm shadowing him. He makes a sale, and it's like, yeah, dude, that's simple. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, great, uh, like, cool. what else now? I didn't learn the pitch, I read the manual on the cruise. Right. I didn't know how to pitch people. Right. So he's like, yeah, man, you're up. And I remember, like, the first few doors, I'm like, I'm, like, in my mind pitching people and saying, like, I think they're going to spray around your foundation. I don't know what the chemical is called, right. product, excuse me. I don't know what the product's called. I don't know what it's going to do exactly. Maybe do some stuff in the grass. I right. think these spider webs should be gone. It was quick because you were you were, you were were later to it and it was just like – People were already in the like, role. Like people did yeah, preseason right. trips. People got there before the season started and people have been like – it was the year – I believe I showed up to Los Angeles the year after they had won the the Shield Championship. Two years. They did not 17, I think. We show up in 19. Right. So they got there two years before, so they had a culture, and it was just like, yeah. it's not that I wasn't trained, but I think it was one of those things where I was expected to be weeded off just because I didn't make any sales. So fast forward, it took me two and a half to three weeks before making a single sale. My savings account is 
dried up. I have no money. Right. Dave's taking care of the boy, cooking food for me at the end of the day. Like, it was one of those things where I was, my apartment was so steady. That's the reason why I made it and stayed through. And plus, it was one of those things where I was like, I am not going back home to scratch. And there's no way I'm in Los Angeles. Life is too beautiful out here. And this is like a movie for me. Yeah. So I ended up making my first sale. I'll never forget it. Obviously, you typically don't. It's this black woman, and we're in Los Angeles. So this is one of the first black women I've talked to, and I'm just like, she's like, yeah, come back later, talk to my husband. And like, bro, you know how rookies are. Like, oh. Get really excited with that. Call back, call back, call back, call back, call back, call back. They didn't say no, it's call back. Right. So I go back. The husband answers. He's wearing an LSU jersey. I'm like, man, you from Louisiana? He's like, nah, I just went to college there. And I was like, good deal, good deal. Well, hey, I talked to your wife earlier. Ended up signing him up. Didn't know how to work the app because, again, three weeks of not knowing how right, to right. slow Had sell, done it yet. Close. You know what I'm saying? So it was one of those <laughs> things where I was, had to call Sai. He's on speakerphone. I'm like, Lord, please, please, please let this go through. Don't let them don't let them think this is a scam. Right, yeah. So, bro, I'm telling him everything. I'm like, yeah, we're going to treat all that back there. You have some shrubs? We'll treat those. No worries. What's crazy is I actually was on the phone with Sai. I don't remember what I was on the phone with him for, but he's like, hold on, Jacob's calling me. It wasn't as important. <laughs> He's like, hold on, Jake, because I guess you probably hadn't called side to that point Ever. during the middle of the day. Like, mm-hmm. you weren't, the, you know, you're not the type, obviously, to like, hey, you know, this is hard, it's raining, or this neighborhood sucks, or yeah. you know, whatever. You're not that type, and so yeah, like, no, no, no. it hit. Side so was like, hold on, Jacob's calling me. And I was like, uh, okay, uh, you Who? know, it's like, <laughs> and, like I about? hadn't really met you yet, and all that stuff. And then fast forward a couple months later, it was like we were hanging out every day, you know, and. um I think the biggest thing was like we realized how much we related on. You know, we were both at, at one point we were both playing a college sport. Mm-hmm. To this point, we've both quit a college sport, right. dropped out of school, right, right, right. been in it five years. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's been you know the biggest change for you in like your worldview from like before you were doing it versus before you were working with EcoShield versus now? I mean let's go back to my first year. Like I only sold 30 K. So it was one of those things where I was like, nothing's really changed for me yet. Like I made $4,600 same amount that I was making in the warehouse job. But the difference was I was around like-minded individuals who knew they were worth an amount to something more than they were brought up in. Like I would always say my best friend, Len, I would always say like, dude, we did not deserve to grow up in the city. It's like, you guys, I don't know if anybody knows about Scranton other than the office, but it's like literally one of the most depressing, depressed cities in America. Like they have more bars than they do churches there. And I'm sure most places do, but like we don't have any sun. There's not much going on. It was one of the bigger cities back in the world. Like it was number two city behind New York at one point just because coal mine boom. And then of course that all dried up. So kind of what changed the most, what clicked for me was like, okay, there's people the same age as me doing something with their lives, changing, and I know I have more talent than them, naturally gifted. So my potential is, in my eyes, further beyond than most of the guys that I was out there with because I knew my natural gifts. I just didn't, like, it's kind of like Jim Carrey. Like, he'd walk around rich neighborhoods and saying, like, I own that. It's just I haven't attained that yet. I haven't unlocked that key inside of my brain. I haven't made that switch. I haven't gotten that experience yet. So once I was in L.A., like, one of the wealthiest cities in the world, and I'm selling to people that have 400, 500,000 houses that it's just like, I don't like this house. I want something more. Yeah. And I know it's one of those things that was like a stepping stone for me because it was like, I'm a kid from Scranton. Like, not many people are even middle class there. It's like lower poverty end and then the people that control all the money there because it's a small town. Right. You know what I'm saying? So 
Honestly, bro, like me only doing 30K my first year, I didn't plan on coming out my second year. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, get back to college football. And I remember keeping up, up with you a little bit, and then what, what was it that made you come back? So... Because I would back. DM, you were... Did you play football after your first year? Mm-hmm. Yep, I played yeah, for one I, more year. I think it was... You, you guys were winning games or something. And it's funny because I, I didn't know you yet, but I'm sure you were in some of the pictures. I would slide up on your story. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about Grant in the room, but um, I would slide up on your story, you know, just keeping up with you, little things. Like, we weren't texting every day or anything, but it was little things here and there. Sliding up on stories, things of that nature, small chit-chat. But, dude, it was one of those things where, like, I went back to school and, dude, like, I got out of a relationship, like, kind of one of those situations where, like, I wasn't depressed, but it was, like, my way of life was still suppressed. Like, I knew I wasn't who I... I was one of these big fish in a small pond, going back to Scranton, even IUP. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> it's, it's like January at this time. Like, I haven't had much conversation with anybody from the company aside from you. And I'm back at school. I'm about to go into one of my um, pre-practice meetings. I got a call on my phone. Literally, st- I'm on my way up the steps to get to the pra- the team meeting, and yeah. it's J Lo calls. J Lo calls me, and dude, you know how college students are. Like, we have not much money. Like, we I had negative eleven dollars in my account at that point in time. Get a call from J Lo. He's like, "Hey, man, we opened up a Minneapolis office last year. I think you'd be great to come back. I'll even offer you like three hundred fifty dollars signing bonus and all that, bro." <laughs> could give me that yesterday like send that to my account right now i'll sign send me the paperwork so i signed the paperwork literally that night and that same that same month i was going on a mission trip to dominican republic Mayor. so i went there dude and it was just like we were driving around the slums like we weren't on any of the resorts like we were in the middle of the island. I've like, been on a mission trip to Dominican Republic, so I know, I've seen it. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like, these people don't have any money, bro. Like, they live in a tin hut, and they have a storefront. They live there, work there. Yeah, yeah. We're on a bus getting to the compound, and they go, by the way, if anybody in any of the villages or town asks you, hey, do you want bread or any kind of food? They're like, hey, don't, don't take it. My American mind, I'm like, oh, what are they trying to, like, poisonous like right, right. what are they yeah. trying to do to me right now and they're like no like they will literally give you their last piece of food when they have a whole family of five to seven to feed and it was one of those things that just clicked in my mind it was just like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute i haven't seen one mad hat like mad sad upset person here in the third world country that people don't even make more than eighteen hundred dollars in a year right so it was one of those things where it's like okay this is way beyond money like i come from a family that not really proficient in money not really like having the lifestyle that they deserve to have. Sure. And I have the ability with this job to not only make money for myself, but make money for the past people that got me to the point where I'm at now. Again, mm-hmm. like my mom growing the water and yeah. the seed. Giving you able- the advice to try it. What's, what's up? I was just saying it and giving you the advice to try it. Exactly. And being there and Again, all like that, pushing yeah. me on to like, hey, yeah. go ahead and elevate. Like you, I know, you know, we all know that you can do this. Like you are that kind of person. So mm-hmm. I got to the point where it was just like, why wouldn't I give it my all to, again, not do it for just myself, to do it for the family that got me to that point, and then not have my future generations of children, their children, have to go through or deal with any of the emotional damage, stress, or any of the bullshit that I had to go through. Yeah. Because, bro, sometimes I even say, like, bro, I wouldn't walk through, a, like, a landmine. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. a, a field of landmines. Because it's one of those things where, like, nobody in Scranton... I mean, it's crazy. You're, you're It's just, like... 
from the from you know knowing how you grew up to now we're sitting in a uh, you know a conference room right now in this enormous building <laughs> downtown Miami that you live on the 37th floor yeah bro like just seeing the transition from that you know to you know and being the, being the college athlete with negative fourteen dollars, yeah, like, they didn't have the NIL deals for mm-hmm. you at that time, mm-hmm. like. And dude, it's know. like, I don't even have any friends from like my my hometown. Like I have like one friend, his name is Len Len Floyd. Um, he's kind of one of my biggest motivators too. Like he knows about it. We talked about it. He's one of the only one of my friends I had to sit down, talk with, and cried with, cried tears. Mm-hmm. Like he was picking up his check from the boys and girls club. Like, so you can kind of understand what kind of person he is. Like he helps the community as well. Driving down the street in the passenger seat with his grandfather, picking up, again, his check from the Boys and Girls Club, and stopped at a stoplight, schizophrenic, pulls up next to him with a, a shotgun and shoots him in the face. Like, one of those things where you hear that kind of story and it's like, no way he survived. So, like... Really good guy. I've met him before. For a beautiful good human guy. being. Yeah. Beautiful soul. Like, yeah. he's one of the people that, like, again, one of those people that him and I talked about, like, life and what it should be and what it could be for us. And, like, dude, we did not deserve to grow up in the city. Like, there's not many opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing is, it's like, in order to learn, you need to leave. So I, that's why, like, my first year, like, that's why my second year, I'm like, I have to come back. There's no way I can't. Yeah. So he ends up getting shot. I'm, I find it about, like, <laughs> on my way to practice. So I'm shell-shocked. Like, I'm not a behemoth. Was he at IUP? Mm-mm. Okay, he was just, it, that's high school. High school, he goes high school homie, yeah. yeah. Childhood, okay, okay. Yep, so I figure out figure that out minutes before my practice, and, like, even Grant can attest to this. Like, I wasn't a human being at that point. Like, I was just a vessel. Yeah, yeah. I was a Tesla car with a person asleep at the wheel, just not knowing what the hell was going on. Yeah. So it was one of those things, dude, where it was just, like, life is such – it can end at any time for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So – it was kind of one of those things that it, it put the good pressure on myself to where it's like I can't not do this. So not take the you know best opportunity, not exactly. take advantage of it. I haven't found know. a better opportunity since. Um, so going into my second year again, the mission trip is one of those things where a lot of things were just clicking for me. Like all the dots started connecting in my life, where it was just like okay, like this happened for that reason. It was kind of one of those emotional changes in my life that kind of showed me like it's not just you. Yeah. Like what you do does not just affect you. Yeah, so that that plus, um, you know, Lynn, everything, the mission trip plus Lynn right. kind of gave you a perspective of, you it know. Give me my why. Yeah. That's where my why was generated from. Yeah. Like, going into that season, like, bro, like, I was just floating on, I was just floating. Yeah. Like, coming back from the mission trip, my, I felt like my soul was cleansed. I felt like I had direction. I felt like I was now fully understanding the whole analogy of what EcoShield really is, which is it's a Ferrari that you can drive the drive the bitch in first gear, you're still in a Ferrari, so you're doing pretty damn good. Or you're in seventh gear driving it as its perfect automa- perfect automa- automobile machine that is supposed to take you to where you want to be in yeah. an efficient and effective way. You can go as fast as you want. You just have to press the gas. <laughs> but but you, you have to press it. Exactly. So that's, that's what I think the catch is. is mm-hmm. It's this great opportunity for a lot of people, but you, you still have to be the one to press the gas. And know? I think that's a bit of beautiful thing about it. Like that's like, the but most the bottom line is you you are in a Ferrari. You can come up with any type of excuse that you want. Mm-hmm. And me and you are five years deep. We've ran teams. Yep. Um, you have an amazing team coming back out next year. Yep. Um, Thank God. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's a great team that you have, you know, as far as quality and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like as 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 many excuses as there are, like it's a Ferrari, and it's, it you know you can either make the excuse and drive it in second gear, or you can drive it fast. Exactly, you, you have to decide that. Hundred percent. So um, for you, like. Why do you think, you know, coming coming back your second year, like, let's talk about that. Because obviously you did 30K. Most guys do 30K with us their first year. First of all, don't finish the summer. Um, but they don't come back. Mm-hmm. It's not normal. Um, you, you have the exceptions. You came back. You had a why. Um, you know, you sold over 300K after that. You're, you yeah. know, you, 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 made, you made six figures your second year. Well, honestly, dude, I think it was more so the fact that like I said, like after finding out the news of my best friend in this world getting shot in the face, almost dying, critical condition, didn't know if he was going to make it or not at that point in life or that point in that moment, and I still had to practice, like I knew at that point I was simply just a number to that organization where EcoShield's calling, like paying me to come back. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's it one of those. something. They cared. Yeah. They showed care. So the whole thing was like me coming back that second year. I ended up quitting football after that season. After that, yeah. so how was like, that? I felt like it was it was a right on time decision. Like I did it a good moment. I ruptured my PCL and then I went back the third the next season after that, which is when I quit. Did so you did in high school too. I sprained my MCL. Okay. My right MCL and then I ruptured my left MCL. I ruptured my left PCL my second year. So like my redshirt freshman year of football. Yeah. 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 So after I found that out my third year, so my redshirt sophomore year in college football, again, like, they still made me practice that that day, and it was just like, dude, I didn't have any time to cope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was told to do the best you can. So at that point, it's not that I fell out of love with football. I just knew it wasn't the support system for me personally. Yeah. That I needed to be able to get to the point, unlock that vessel inside of myself, whereas I can get to where I need to be going, mm-hmm. finally. Mm-hmm. So coming back to my, my second year... Once I quit football, I was like, I had something that was stretching me out immediately, like eliminated out of my life. So it was like one of those things I could put more focus into. And again, bro, like coming back from the mission trip, like my mind was clear. My mind was, I had no negative thoughts or negative intents in my mind. Yeah. So I came back the I second year. You, you talked about it all the time. Bro, it was the, the trip and how much it meant to you. Life-changing moment. Yeah. Life-changing moment. So I came back the second year. It was, COVID was in the talks. What a legendary year, honestly. Wow. wow. Like, that's where Sales Team 6 came about, bro. Come on, man. Bro, drop us anywhere. We will go sell something. 17-hour drive to a different market in the middle of the year. It wasn't even that, bro. It wasn't even that. So we started in Port St. Lucie. Stayed there oh, for that a was, week. That was a 20-plus-hour drive from Miami. That was rough. Bro, we stayed there. So for, for those of you guys who don't know, our second year, COVID year. 2020. With, you know... Pest control is an essential business, so it, it's one of those things people need at it all times. It got deemed that year an essential business, yeah. too. you know, it, it was it, it's something people need. Um, it's a great industry to be in, regardless of, you know, outside circumstances that are going on, whether it be recession, um, you know, pandemic, whatever it is. Um, it's a pretty proof industry, mm-hmm. but we um, were in Miami because it was open. We could work there. Yep. Shout out Miami. And then we took a long drive up to Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. No, we went from Port St. Lucie, the eastern coast of the state, to oh, that's right. the western coast of the <laughs> yeah, state. Yeah, so the, the Miami office is a very – it's uh, one of the older offices, so it's – they have a ton of customers mm-hmm. there. We're in Miami right now. Yep. Uh, 
but they have a ton of customers here, uh, and so we went from the yeah the, the eastern coast of uh, Florida to the western coast, western part of Miami. We sold up there. I think some of the accounts we sold actually got given to the Tampa office okay. to give you guys an idea sure. of area. Right, right, right. Um, when when we opened up Tampa, I think the Tampa office started servicing some of them. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. I may be wrong there. Not yep, really yep. sure, but um, and then after that, we go to Minneapolis. Um, shout out to the people there. Still oh love gosh. that that team that we Minnesota had. Minnesota, nice. Um, Minnesota's a great market. It's you know it's it's great place to be. We loved being there. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the people that are still there. Yep, yep. Some of my favorite people in the company. Um, and then it, we I mean we didn't celebrate July Fourth. No, we were in the car. Yeah, on the way to Maryland, driving. It's crazy to think about. We stopped and pulled over to sleep for like what forty five minutes. Yeah, we we were just trying. I mean, it was one of those things. It's like okay, you know, some people knock on the fourth, some people don't. We but had we like were, a we had like a five day window where we had to get to the other market. Dude, it was like we were, okay, you know, we might as well skip the fourth and get to another market. So we wanted to make the whole trip in one day so we could get back on the doors on the fifth. Exactly. Dude, it was one of those things where like <laughs> it was a, it was a rough drive, dude. Every time we were getting bounced around, though, like we were excited. We were like kids on Christmas running to get downstairs up in the presents, running yeah. to get to a new market. Because, you know, and that's one of the things that I have a pers- that we have perspective on that a lot of people within the company actually don't. I'm really mm-hmm. glad that we do is we've been you and I both have been all different corners of the country to sell. Yep. Um, regardless of where you go, there's different things that are hard. Yeah. Regardless of where you are. So. Even, you know, even at, like in L.A., it sounds like it'd be cool to work in L.A., but now we work in Maryland, and there's certain things about Maryland that we like better than, than you know. Uh, anything, bro. And same with Minnesota. We loved Minnesota at the time we were there, but we were only there for a month, and we definitely had issues when we were there with stuff yeah. going on with COVID mm-hmm. plus um, people working and uh, stuff out there to spray the accounts. But, so, dude, it was like one of those things where we were given like I personally didn't have a sales team I didn't bring anybody out under me but it was one of those things where seeing you seeing Parker again I was like dude can you believe we're doing this again moving again yeah yeah not even bro like can you believe we're out here selling again like that was one of my initial thoughts coming into it like like we're still good we can work anywhere and it was just one of those things where people were looking up to us so it's like oh I have I have to own what I'm doing I have to lead people because they're asking me what to do because it's their first time out there right like I remember Oliver hit me up when we were in Naples and he's like hey you're having a pretty good day you know you have four accounts sold start getting some live action guys are struggling so yeah, I remember it. I remember I was <laughs> I walked down one street bro and I'm like okay okay this is awkward I'm filming myself like I'm recording myself but, and, the first and time can ever we, can we be clear because this needs to be said this was before he used a price sheet yeah yeah if no, you guys no. if you, and this this won't for guys that aren't people that listen to this that aren't in the company um, this not you know might not weigh as much or whatever but this man was selling without a price sheet for the first year and a half of working with it's like Shield. it's like a teacher going up to teach a class without a chalkboard yeah. essentially yeah and dude it was just like <laughs> it's a huge deal it's a huge <laughs> part of what we do you need it so I remember like on every door <laughs> yeah it's just a tool that's nece- it's necessary to have if you don't like your stomach drops to we got to Minnesota and you were like hey bro give me your price sheet I'm like, really? Okay, because you, you were selling well. You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. You, you were you were throwing numbers out there, making deals with people, making it happen. I was trying to make stuff work, man. I was trying yeah. to push it out. But you were like, hey, give me your price sheet. I'm like, okay. You know, I gave it to you, and then you went and asked somebody else, listened mm-hmm. to it, recorded it. Yeah, because, like, I saw you guys doing numbers, like, consistently, because, like, bro, you did on you did just under 100K my, your first year. I did 30K. So it was like one of those things, like, I have to pick your brain. Yeah. We're homies. I'm, we're, I'm picking your brain on life. We're not on the doors working. I need to pick your brain on work. 
Yeah. So that we can grow off each other. So once we got to that point, started role playing with each other consistently. It was like one of those things that I just started to like Jim Carrey figure out those keys. I started to attain them and apply them. So what happened was second year, like it was one of those things where, dude, I was just so excited to be back out there and I was making money. And then I remember, I won't forget it. I was somewhere in Minneapolis and they called me, my school called me because I didn't enroll for classes yet. And they're like, hey, like you haven't enrolled for fall 2021, like, or fall 2020. Like, are you planning on coming back? And I was like, no, I'm actually going to drop out. So at that point it was like, I was probably at like 60, like 70K sold and I was right around 70K sold. Like I was almost on the 100K mark and I figured out like at the, at that point in time, what my commission pay would be, dude. And like, it was two and a half months in and I was already making more money than my mom that right. year. And I only worked two and a half months and I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm onto something here. Yeah. So once I got rid of, once I started to, you know, figure out like, okay, college isn't for me because like they haven't taught me anything that EcoShield hasn't taught me in the matter of two and a half months. Yeah. I told my mom like, hey, I'm dropping out. Like this is what I'm doing. <clears throat> like it's one of those things where I know it, I can't fail at. So she was super upset because I had like a year and a half left, two years. And like, I get it because she didn't finish college herself. Like I was supposed to be the first one in our family, our wow. household to go to college, to finish college. So it's one of those things where she was let down, but that kind of stuff motivates me. It's like, I don't expect you to understand. I already made more money than you in the matter of two and a half months and you did in the whole year and you have been doing for the past. Making it work, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was kind of one of those things where I just have full faith in myself. Almost like the first day I got into the office, like, what, what am I getting myself the thing into? Is, the thing is now, it's like your mom was supportive doing it. You know, she might have had a doubt here or there, but like at this moment now, you know, we're in 2023 now, your mom is probably very thankful that you're... I mean, dude, there. I'm setting her on trips that she's never been before. Like... Mother's Day last this past year, like I paid for her a trip to go to Cancun, and it was like one of those things that I never had the ability to do that. Right, do something for my mom. She took me on vacations my whole life, and I got to do that at twenty, twenty two years old, mm -hmm. and it kind of just gave me the mental shift where like I'm fulfilling my why. I'm getting that piece done where I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for my mom now. Yeah, like yeah. she's getting to have a world life experience at her age, and mm -hmm. she was going through things like she was going through divorce, their second marriage. So it's like. She deserves this. She earned this. So with like me and my, me and my work, I it, it's paying out not only with me now at this point, but my mom as well. Yeah. So like it's one of those things that put more fuel in the fire to like keep it going. You know, and and because of everything you've always had, you know, somebody that you've kind of been doing this for, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I kind of want to back for backwards a little bit because the the second year is crazy. Yeah. You know? Nuts. Like you made a ton of money. You were at that time you were able to pay for stuff for your parents, your for your mom, you know, mm -hmm. give her the chance to go travel and stuff like that. And and we somehow convinced you to move to Arkansas. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about it a minute ago. You had never been there, never seen it, never driven through it, never traveled over it. Like Again, it goes back to support, bro. Like yeah. you guys helped me elevate you guys. But we wanted you there because you helped, you elevated us too. And that's know? the thing. Like it was it was an even input output kind of relationship. And I was like, why wouldn't I be close to that kind of people when my life has significantly changed in the matter of two and a half months? Like I made a decision to not only drop out, but again move to a place in Arkansas where obviously American history it's not the most favorable favorable place for African American descent and African descendants. Sure, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like moving down there, like 
I would tell everybody from Scranton, they're like, oh, what are you doing after this summer? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm moving to Arkansas. Like, <laughs> they're like, dude, where? Where the hell is that even on the goddamn map? Like, I know it's the South, but it was one of those things where I was just fully excited for because I got to say that I'm moving with my best friends and my future business partners. Yeah, yeah. So it was one of those beautiful moments that it was just like bittersweet. I'm leaving the my crazy thing down. is we're here, in, we're here in Miami now. I don't know how many times you had been to Miami before, but like we came and celebrated here. To, after was, that year, it was I guess three years ago now, mm-hmm. maybe um, after, after that the, after that year we came and celebrated season. here. Yep, got an Airbnb. It was so fun. Um, <laughs> and now you're here. You live here. It's casual. It's casual, man. The, the place, the, the apartment that you live in is just as cool as the Airbnb that we were at and everything. Yeah, it's, bro. It's sweet. You know, it's a. Uh, it's the keys that are starting to be put into the locks and opened up new doors for me. That not only now at this point in this. How's age, that been? Because there's a lot of people moving to Miami. You know, how's that transition been from you know living in Pennsylvania, then going to Arkansas, and then you're like, okay, you know, I'm gonna go to Miami now. You know, like how's that been? Because this is your second year coming back here now. So Scranton, bro, it's small mine. It's small town. Like, yeah, people hate it there, but people don't leave there. And you talked about it. You know, big fish, small pond. Yep. And then going from Arkansas, it's like okay, like people here understand money in a different way than I've ever known and they're only in college like yeah. they have businesses like Connor Mackey he runs yeah. an ATM business and he's yeah. talking about things that I've never had conversations before in that kind of age group he, he's like-minded like us that's why we exactly that's why we him, gra- that's you know? why we grasp onto people like One that of our best they, friends you know? know what I'm saying like it's an input output bro yeah. so like at that point coming down to Miami it's like oh money's different here mm-hmm. like big fish in a small pond I am not I am a grain of fucking sand on a goddamn beach yeah that stretches for beach. miles a huge beach yeah so it's one of those things where it's like you see a portion Scranton it's like god damn that is a nice car but here you make a left it's like there's a Bugatti you make a right there's a GC how many Euruses did we see today we walked four seven blocks and we saw four Euruses three G-Wagons or no, my apologies, three Colonins and it's just like it's normal it's normal bro and it's like you really start to figure out that net worth is obviously a beautiful thing. It's something you want to attain. But the network here is one of those things where it's like. It's huge. You know, it's given me a lot of my best friends, honestly. Giving you some of the best friends and it'll also give you like some of the craziest experiences you will ever have in your life. Yeah. To where it's like there's, oh, there's more than I could even could have even imagined to get there. So it's, Miami is one of those places where. I was telling Vern this last night. I was like, dude, you can do whatever you want here. It's almost like a simulation. Like, I feel like I'm ready player one. I can go up, wake up, beat the right person, and get put on for the rest of my life. Yeah. And you, the, I mean, the network here is crazy. Like, the, the people that we know on all different corners of the country. We got Dave, who's in one quarter of the country. You're in the exact opposite corner. Yep. You know, it's crazy to think about. I'm in the middle part. Mm-hmm. Grant's closer to Dave, but he's on a different corner. We got the other grants. It's on a different corner. Like and this is just the people in this room, and we can keep going. It's it's crazy the connections that we have. Dude, yeah, like my twenty second birthday, I flew out to Hawaii and stayed with my homie for free, Tilo. That well, was and with I, us. I want to talk about you had before because you you came to Arkansas for your second year, your third year. You also had a crazy year because you go like it, it's it's crazy how worlds collide. We'll talk more about this in a minute, but like. You went with one of my best friends ever, Will Holt. Right. And went down to South America for like a month and a half. And it's like, I've known that. Me and you are like, obviously super close, mm. super good friends. Right. 
I've known him since I was three and a half, four years old. Yeah, bro. Gone to the same school with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you go with him for a month and a half. I didn't even go. You guys went for like a month and a half down to South America. Like, how was that? Like, how was it having the freedom to do stuff like that versus, you know, what you had known before? It was dream state, bro. Like, I was super anxious. Like, that was one of the first times I really, truly felt scared of leaving home. Like, I was flying not only across the country, I was flying to a whole new country where I didn't know what the dangers were, I didn't know what the laws were. But at that point in time, it's like, that quote I said earlier, in order to learn, you have to leave. Like, I learned that from somebody in Peru. And the craziest thing about it was, bro, like, we would talk to people and just doing this job and having 90 conversations a day, you learn how to speak so much more efficiently. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't have facial hair. Like, I don't have a beard, barely have a mustache, can't grow anything. But while I'm down there, we're having these conversations, and then the number one question me and Will would ask is, like, how old do you think we are? It's always a little bit older. Bro, they thought I was 43 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what in the world, bro? I am 22 young. Like, and they're just mind-blown and seeing all these people, like, genuinely mind-blown, like, in all. Like, I'm talking to a 22-year-old who is down here doing it, which I wish I was doing at 36 set right right people i was talking to and like dude just seeing things like that that in my hometown you feel like you're not supposed to be seeing yeah yeah yeah. you know what i'm saying so i was like i felt like i was in a movie with no cameras around yeah you know what i'm saying Mm it's just one of those things that it's just i met some of my best friends that are out of the country bro like i domingo like yeah you have friends you still talk to from that trip you know what i'm saying like he's one of my mentors like me and will were talking about He'll love that we brought this up, by the way. We, but we were talking about his uh, moped accident <laughs> on the on the mountain. Bro, you're on the sacred. I want to hear drill. your. I want to hear your view of this. <laughs> so, I am on what, a. Will Holt is the guy that you went out with. That he's one of you know he Brother, grew up with me. Friends. One of one of my best friends as well. Easily. You know, it's crazy. And we go down there, and it's just like this is our first time. Each of us doing our own thing without parents, without supervision, like going out and being children of the world. And like I would say to him, like, dude, do you feel like that childlike syndrome where we're like someone come on to me and hold me and like show me what this place is like because I'm from America. I am yeah, no not idea. knowing what's going on yeah. here at all. So like we don't even know the currency in change. We're like, how many? What's the currency here? Quantalones. Like how much is a quantalone to a dollar? And they're like three hundred sixty four. And we're like, whoa, wait, what? what? <laughs> a six pack of beer is a dollar sixty four. So bro, we're on this. We end up meeting these French people, and we're having conversations with them. Like again, colliding worlds now at this point. Yeah. We're colliding with European residents. So we're down there, and they're like, oh, we're going on the sacred trail. Like. Me and Will are like, well, we're leaving in two days. They're like, well, yeah, go ahead. And do you know, know how to drive a motorbike? And him and I look at each other like, no. Yeah. They're like, well, we do. You guys can also get mopeds. So, like, they take us around. Again, we're just, man, like, arms open. Like, take us. Like, full trust. Uh, but that Looking for somebody to guide you. Looking, looking, <laughs> looking, hoping. Um, but he, <laughs> we're on this gravel road, like, middle of nowhere. Like, we were driving past people, setting farm fields on fire and blowing it with literally carpets like they're just carpeting fire to go across the field and we're just like what in the yeah what's going on there yeah so we turn off this gravel road to go to this salt mine and the gravel road and a moped just gravel road no fun. hell no and it was <laughs> it was like oh we're gonna be on this road for like two and a half miles yeah. like we get into 500 yards yeah and 
I'm in front, like I'm just gassing it the whole time, like my wrist was sore. I'm like maybe a hundred feet in front of him, and then all I hear is yelling like, "Hey, stop, stop, slow down, slow down, slow down." And it's the two French people we're with, and I look back, all I see is smoke up in the air, and Will's on his <laughs> Will's laying on the side. side with his moped on him, bro. Like, <laughs> and he gets up, his Lululemon pants are ripped, he's got blood on him, and I'm like, dude, are you okay? And like, meanwhile, we had just rode past the building where you're supposed to park your bikes and your cars and get on a van to go down it because like we're cliffside rolling down to the salt mine. So they see the whole thing, and then we end up hopping on that bus to go down because we're not like gonna stop and see it. But anyways. He's just super, like, upset with himself. He's angry. He's bleeding. Yeah, we were talking about how mad he was. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, he's got a cut on his knee, but he's got pants on. So we get to the salt mine finally, and there's, like, this first aid kit. This guy's like, you're going to have to pull your pants down. I'm like, oh, my God, bro. <laughs> so he pulls his pants down, and he's just got this mean mug on, him, on his face. I'm like, bro, you like, look where we're at right now. Like, we're not supposed to be here right now. We're in Peru, middle of nowhere in a salt mine. With people from another country we just met five days ago. Right. And I'm just trying to crack jokes, and I'm like, man, like, getting a rub down from a Peruvian. Oh, look at you. You're a little frisky. And the guy doesn't really know what I'm saying, but he's just, like, trying to look up at me, not smiling, and just... It's one of those things where he's my brother because he can go through hard things like that and still maintain a positive well, outlook. And what I told him is, is like, it, it was one of those things, like, yeah, this sucks right now, but... Like, in a, in a couple months or a couple weeks or whatever it is, like, this is going to be a funny moment. Funny story, This is going to be bro. a great story. Funny, dude. And that, that plays in everything that we do. But, like, for, for you, you know, we talk about you living in Miami. We saw however many cool cars today. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's normal here. Um, we talk about you taking all these trips to here or wherever. How do you define success? Because a lot of people, you know, have a super, you know, have certain things that they have to have. And I'm not trying to say that you wanting this car, that car, to live in this place is a bad thing, you know, but what is success to you? It's funny, I was talking with Dave, JR, and Grant about it the other night. Um, For me, in my situation, success to me is like one of those things where, of course, it comes into it with financial freedom, right? Like, I don't have to worry about what I want to do with my life, who I want to do it with, and when I want to do it, because at the end of the day, money comes down to three things. It gives you the opportunity to have choices, it gives you the opportunity to give back to what really matters to you in the world. And then obviously it gives you the opportunity to live a comfortable lifestyle. So with me, like I want to raise my kids, like I said, without the bullshit, but like I want to be able to take them to these places that I went to like Peru and show them like, yeah, this is Machu Picchu. You're learning a lot in school right now. Like these are the ruins where like original humans came from. Like this is where we come. Like I want to take them to Europe. I want to take them to Italy. Like I want to show them places where it's like, this is what the world is. Don't be a big fish in a small pond. Be a big fish in a big goddamn ocean because the world is huge and the world is ever, it's always changing. So it's one of those things where I want to stay up on the times and not have me or my future generation get lost in the rat race, a, reali- a rat race, a reality that's made for, made for them to live in, not yeah. the reality that they choose to live that in. That they can make for themselves. Exactly. Like, like we said, it's cool to see these cars here, but it's like, I don't believe in taking many pictures in places I go because I believe that I'll see it again. So it's one of those things like they have a Bugatti, they're going to see another one in a couple of years if they want one. Yeah. So it's one of those things where success is not only you're doing it for yourself, you're doing it for people with you, people that got you to that point, the people that you're going to bring to this world or people that you bring to you. Because like there's one of my favorite quotes by Dave Chappelle. It's you can't change the whole world, but you can make a corner pretty nice. Yeah. 
you can make your you know your circle better. Exactly. So it's just elevation. And I, I was going to ask you about that next. You know, because you we you've had a ton of success selling personally. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff that you've said to the office and meetings and morning meetings has changed the summer. Like, and we mentioned it in one of the previous podcasts with you saying, you know, you're out there taking a walk looking for the opportunity that somebody's going to listen, mm-hmm. and then you take advantage of that opportunity. Obviously, like some of the stuff that you said, you know, and you said it smoother than that, but has completely changed the perspective of guys on my team. You know, you're at the point now where you have a team, yep. huge team that you're, you know, you're managing, you're teaching guys, you're, um, how, how has that transition been from, you know, I'm out here not only like working, you know, for my, the people that you have in your family. Cause you, right. e- even when you were selling for yourself, you still had people that kind of relied on you that you were providing for right. stuff like that. And I saw it firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you're still probably doing that, obviously. But you're of course um, now teaching other people and giving them the opportunity to do the same thing. Like, how has that changed your perspective? More fulfillment. Like I said, like my first year, Dave put me under his wing. Like he made, bro, he would try and teach me the pitch when he's out there spraying. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like things of that nature. It's like I owe that to him to help him elevate and give him that Ferrari, the keys to Ferrari, and do what you want to do with it, bro. Yeah. I could show you how to get into that corner and make sure you get everything out of the car that it should be getting. But like, I can show you how to work the Apple car. I play. mean, like, I can tell you how to do some things, man. <laughs> but like, that's what I like. That's the get back. Like seeing Grant now going down the same footpath. Like, we play football together. We went through the same struggle. Now we're going through a different struggle with mm-hmm. a different kind of payout. You know, and it always comes down to them pressing the gas. You can show them how to do literally everything in the car. They have to press the gas. Um, but I, I relate to that too. It's because like me and you both have been so lucky mm-hmm. you know to not only um without really knowing anybody in the, within the company coming from our corners of the country to go work in la have you know personal success selling um but now we both have the opportunity to change other people's lives and it's just crazy how that's how that's changed and and the reality is like you know at the end of the day they still have to make the decision but it's it's more fulfilling yeah i mean like, it's, like you can make as much negative. money in the world but of course when you're helping other people it means the more it means it, all the more it's it's crazy and dude there's positive negatives that come with it like there's people that come out and like unfortunately so like you weren't i wasn't in the position at all times to be able to help them learn to drive the ferrari or learn to develop themselves a little bit more and i take full responsibility like you're tough on yourself that's why i love you bro like there's not going to be a moment where I come to you and you're not like pissed off. Like that's, that's refreshing to me, bro. Like I come from football. Like there's yeah. never a moment where you did everything perfect. Never, not once. There's always something you do better. Always, which yeah. is a beautiful thing. Like that's what you want around you. Something pushing you, someone urging like, cause comfortability is the biggest killer of all time. Yeah. So when you're in that moment where you're just like around people and again, the whole thing I'm talking about is just like, I am looking to make my world around me a better place. So the negative side of it all is you can't really get to all the people and that's a learning curve of it all. Of it all. Mm-hmm. Like learning, like, okay, I did that wrong. This person that comes with me this year, like I know I did that wrong in the past. So I'm going to give him a down. better experience. Exactly. Yeah. Because at that point it's a trickling effect. Like you yeah. help affect one person's life. It's a domino effect. Like they help two people's lives and mm-hmm. then they help five people's lives and they yeah. help 15 people's lives. And it's like, okay, like, we're getting momentum. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things like the positive side of it all, of course, is you're making your world a better place. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's, it's very fulfilling. Like you were saying, it, it's one of those things you don't really can't really get it until you, you feel it. And that's why, you know, I always tell my managers like, you know, bring a buddy, you know, have them come out and work. Like you could completely, um, 
change his life mm-hmm. in, in a positive way, and that's going to be more fulfilling than the amount of money that you could make. I yeah, promise, right. you know. Like I've, I remember the call when I'm in my first call with Vern. I was in Philly coming to, I was going to NMDP. Like I was in Philadelphia in the the ghetto, like sitting in my car. I get a call from Vern. I'm like, Vern, what's good, bro? Like, how you yeah, been? Yeah. Where you at? Where you at in the world right now? Like, he's like, man, I'm honestly been thinking about coming into sales, and like it was one of those things where my heart rate just started. Like, no way. Like, I can help you. I can help you. I am 100% sure I can help change your life the way I changed mine. And it's one of those things where it's like me talking to him got me even more ignited to do it not only for him, but me as well. Because it's like, whether you know it or not, when you teach somebody something, like you're teaching yourself all over again. Because you have to get the thoughts that are inside of your head condense that information that's so vast inside your brain and then of course articulate it out to that person for them to then digest that information and then let that settle like we lose so much in conversation but when you're super excited about it it's not about the words that said it's about the energy yeah you know what i'm saying so it's when we talk about that and that's why people want to you know come and work with us is because i've won the energy that we have towards each other like we we have a really good group you know we we all get along in a really good way there's not mm-hmm. much drama or anything like that I, never I, i've I can't even think of an example of drama, to be honest. You know, I was talking to JR about this, bro. Like, we don't, we don't butt heads. We collide. Yeah. Like, we are big energies in this world. Mm-hmm. So, like, when we come together and we have a debate, like, we're not in an argument. We're in a debate. Yeah. We're not. And that's understood. And that's, need, it, there's no, said. the words don't need to be said. Like, what's known doesn't need to be told. Yeah. So, it's one of those things where we don't have to go back and talk like, hey, bro, I'm sorry I said this. It's like, you get where I'm coming from instead. Right. Yeah. So, for you, okay, so... You obviously were always, I, I, you know, regardless of EcoShield, I think you're a driven person. Mm-hmm. I think you would have figured it out. I think EcoShield for everybody, it's one of those things. It's a, it, it's a, it's a launch pad. It's going to get you where you want to go regardless. Like yep. wherever you wanted to go, it's just going to help you get there quicker. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can find where you want to go within the company. And that's why guys like us stay or with it without. for five plus years or whatever it is. But, yep. um, you know, before EcoShield, you obviously had probably like, you know, where somewhere you wanted to be in 10 years. Now you obviously have somewhere you want to be in 10 years. You know, where did you want to be in 10 years before EcoShield versus where you want to be in 10 years now that you've done EcoShield for five or? Before it was, my main focus was getting out of Scranton, Pennsylvania, because again, like there's not many opportunities there. I feel like it's just one of those, it's almost like the coal mines, bro, like it's dried up. Yeah. Like there's not much that's going for there. So back then it was all about, I want to have the ability to go out and get out of here. I don't know what I want out of it, though. Again, it wasn't until I had my why where I had a five-year plan or had a 10-year plan. Mm-hmm. So, like, 10 years from now, it's like I want to be in the position where I have built a machine with people that are closest to me that we are kind of like one of those almost like a hedge fund. Like, every time we go ahead and bring people in, they elevate naturally just because of the company that we yeah. keep. So it's one of those things where it's I want to be an automatic machine to – not only change people's lives, but the business that we're in of a service industry, of pest control, like we're helping people's lives because number two fear in America is spiders. Yeah. Number one fear in America is public speaking. We're doing both of those things. So it's kind of the situation where, again, Dave Chappelle's quote, but like it's one of my answers, it was one of my Instagram bio quotes. Like I'm not trying to change the whole world. I'm trying to make a corner pretty nice. I love that. Beautiful. And so now you're leading a team and you're trying to make that corner nicer. And, and the reality is like, like I said a minute ago, like, you being around my guys has had a huge impact. And then to me. You know, so it's crazy how everything collides like that. And that's, and I, I, I kind of want to get into that now. It's like, 
this year you had a, you had a team as well. You know, it, the next the team you have next year, I think, is just a super talented team coming in. But um, and I think it, it makes us a powerhouse for Shield. I'll, yeah, I, I just want to put that out there now because it's um, something that we've talked about. Now that we you know have our office, that we can build a culture to you know have something to go after and stuff like that. It's a real thing for us. We're a really talented group coming in. And, um, I mean, yeah, Brooklyn's be like again sales team, sales team six, like sales team six. Think about it. Every year we came into it, we had a lot of adversity that we had to go over and yeah. readjust within that year. Like, we started off with three partners being in our office this past summer. We ended up with just just you. What are your first years of running a team or running a business, running yeah. an office? So it's one of those things where, again, bro, I love you because you put all the weight on your shoulders when. You don't need to all the time, but that's what a leader does at the end of the day. So it's one of those things where the adversity that we've been going through with the past three years of being in L.A. and then going to four different markets or four different places of selling, living in four different places no matter of four months with COVID, and then going through a year where we had half of our team leave because of some weird stuff going on outside of the office, and then this past year we had partners that ended up leaving out because of other things that need to be handled business-wise. Yeah, yeah. Those are the things that build a team because we have staying power at this point. Mm -hmm. Nothing can really come up at this point where it's like, oh, we haven't been through this before. We haven't been through something harder at this yeah. point in life. Yeah. Or at this point in work. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm really excited for our next year. So for you, you know, you're five years deep. Um, you know, I'll be out there with you, but like what, what motivates you to keep going, keep selling, keep, you know, putting up numbers? Growing my team that's a, that's all I'm worried about at the end of the day yeah like I want to keep the company that's around me because I love them yeah. like I've got and you my, think one of the big parts in that is just hey I'm, I'm out here too like I mean this like, is what I'm saying you know like I, yeah I've had that a couple times you, you're able to relate with the questions that you get you know obviously because you're of out course. there mm -hmm. I don't it's believe like, in leading from the behind I believe in leading from the front yeah so it's one of those things where it's like I can't not do it if I have my team out here doing it with me yeah that's what that's one of the cool things about your team though is um and I'm gonna relate to this video I saw, but like you have, you know, it's important to lead from the front, mm -hmm. but you have super strong managers. Yeah, you have super strong guys coming back in with Dave and Vern, mm -hmm. with Grant, with Jr. With a lot of these guys, you have very like you know guys that people want to follow, guys that people want to be like they want to hang out with. Um, and I, I saw this video the other day. It's a it's a you know it's a wolf pack, and you you always kind of see you know like the there's a leader in the front, obviously. Mm -hmm. Always, there's one, you know, one of the the, the wolves that's in the front, um, and then you, there's also one that's in the that's behind. That's super important. Typically, it, that's the the alpha. It and behind the wolf back, mm. and so, but the the import the thing that I saw in the video that was that stuck out to me was, in the middle, um, there was like kind of a gap that started forming between the wolves, right. and one of the ones in the middle turned around to check on the other. Mm -hmm. And so because you have strong managers coming in, you have guys that, you know, when you can't see what's going on because you're either, you know, you're still on the doors leading, doing it, everything that everybody else is. Maybe you're in the back of that time or maybe you're in the front being the leader of your team. Mm -hmm. But you have super strong managers that in the middle of every, all the, the mix of everything, they're going to turn around and hold other guys accountable. Of course. Because, I mean, it's like the best thing about – my team and just in EcoShield in general is like we all speak not only are we like-minded but we speak the same language like the way I guess a leader as a leader from the front looks at it, like what are the wolves doing when they're walking around in those lines like they're going through deep ass snow so it's like 
I've, we've put in the years of the five years of going through that deep snow, packing it down that way. Everybody else come up, come up behind us. Like there's already a trail laid. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it's like, we speak the same language. So it's like, if I'm teaching Dave something and I'm five years deep, Dave's going into his second year a rookie is naturally going to feel more inclined or comfortable going to someone that's a year ahead of them because it's like, okay, we're in a closer gap. Yeah. You understand freshly on what I'm going through because you did it like 12 months ago. Yeah. For me, like I can't really remember much of my first year because it was five years ago. So yeah. it's one of those things where we're speaking the same language, having the same like, like-minded goals, abilities, and just attributions in life and what we want to contribute to the world is like, it just makes the congruency of the team so much easier to work like love wise work wise and accountability wise Mm -hmm. and that's that's one of the crazy things about your this year like you were obviously developing these guys that you have now but your your worlds collided this year Mm -hmm. your little brother was working with us um keely was with us yep your team's with you you Mm -hmm. got guys and, and your team the the crazy thing about your team is you got guys that play football with you you know, you had a couple guys that played football with you. You had a couple guys that knew you from here. Right. And then you had Dave and Vern. I lived with him first you, year. Yeah, who and you lived with first year in L.A. Selling. I didn't see Dave. I saw Dave 2019, my first year in L.A. Didn't see him again in person until selling season type shit. Yeah. So it was one of those things where, like, in college, like, again, like, I wasn't on the right path. Like, I was doing something that I was good at and gifted at, but I wasn't using the God-given gifts to – get to where I need to be going yeah so I felt like I would always say in college I felt like I was stretched out like I had family to deal with I had football to deal with I had the leg getting stretched out with football I had personal and then I had my head getting stretched out with school now like you said I'm glad you brought it up like collided like everything's being pulled together now everything's kind of aligning and getting to the point where it needs to be going and it's getting to be a machine where we're absolutely causing the domino effect yeah so instead of everything's compounding on what you've been doing exactly instead of getting stretched out I'm getting collided and everything's come together yeah and it's hard to get and sometimes it's hard to give yourself credit for but you're five years deep and and shit it, and it's stuff is rolling for you right now like mm-hmm. you, you know you have you know you have people like i said you have people in the middle of your pack that are going to hold the others accountable when somebody falls behind and then they hold me accountable too because it's like if they get the the rookies the young ones coming in to be aligned and it's just so much easier for me to be able to i mean bro it's just like I went to this I went to this church before in Maryland and the whole message like the whole message was church close. He just kept saying it over and over and over again. It's like church close, church close, church close. I'm like, all right, what are you getting at? Like, yeah, my attention. Yeah, yeah. He then goes into saying, What are y'all's definition of church? Every Sunday you guys think you come into these four walls and it's one of those things where, okay, I'm coming here and then I'm going out to the world mm-hmm. and I'll be back next Sunday for church again. Yeah. But in all reality, we are the church. We come together to come back and learn and grow and then push that out to the world. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. I We know we can't change the whole world. We know we can't sign up everybody in Maryland, but it's one of those things where we come together in the mornings and at nights and then go out and spread that message to what we're doing and what we're trying yeah. to do. And, and and I think in general, we as, as leaders in our office, we do a pretty good job of, you know, like if you're going to go out there, like have conversations that you enjoy with people. Like, don't don't hate what you do. Look for people that want to listen to you. Yep. If they don't want to listen, it's okay. 
you know, there's another door. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the ment- mentality that we try to grow and build on our team. Yes. And I think that, that, you know, and it's one of those things going back to like we were saying, like we're both very like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's another reason that, you know, we can have a ton of success in our office stuff like winning the shield and stuff like that. Um, so obviously your goals have changed completely, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it's given you a direction EcoShield has. Right. Um, you know, now now that you're, you know, and, and you've, you've had all these different things and different points in your life collide, um, you know, I would just want to ask, like, because for me, you know, I've had a bunch of, like, within the last five years or six or seven years since leaving high school and leaving the hometown that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. In the middle of Arkansas, you right, know, right, it's right. the capital of Arkansas, Little Rock, but it's still Arkansas, you right, know. Right, of course. Um, it, it's one of those things like everything's come full circle, and I really wouldn't change much about it. No. Would you change anything? Not a thing, because like even when I go home and I'll talk to people that I haven't seen since high school or haven't seen in a few years, like I get the same thing told me all the time, like, "Bro, you changed." And it's like, "Well, yeah. What else is there to do? Like, I'm right. elevating. I'm not a whole different person, but I'm just more of a person. Yeah. You remain the same, so you kind of have this mentality where it's like you're different. You switched up, and it's like, no, I leveled up. Yeah. There's a difference. Use the right vocabulary. That's another thing I took away from this job. It's not necessarily always what you say. It's how you say it. So it's like if you have, like with me, for instance, bro, it's like I come from a lifestyle where I lived in a four-bedroom house with one bathroom, sharing it with five, a family of five. Yeah. Like we had to be on a time schedule to go piss. Mm-hmm. take a shower so it's one of those things where I didn't have a lot growing up and I would go over my friends that I played AAU basketball with and they have these great houses great family and it's like I want that I deserve that I'm going to earn that yeah so it's one of those things where that's just what I'm chasing after right now well and, but here's the thing because you're you know what you came up you know the way you were brought up is is unique in itself but at the end of the day like People have dealt with crazy stuff, and, and, and you're you never wear the victim card. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the reasons you've been able to get to where you are is because you, with the stuff you've been through, you don't wear the victim card. It's not one of those things where oh well, uh, you know because of this I can't do this. You've always been like I, I'm going to make this work. You and again, know? like that's for me. Like how can I play the victim card with my best friend got shot in the face? Like he has a scar on, the, on his face for the rest of his life. That every yeah. time he brushes his teeth, he's reminded of it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's like. When, you, when I compare myself to that, like, he's my living angel. Like, he's one of those guys that, like, he's just a reflection of I can't have a bad day because someone out there in the world or even, like, Dominican Republic, like, when I see them smiling pure joy when they're only making $1,800 as a household income with a family of five, giving strangers, total strangers from a different world their last piece of food, it's like, how can I play the victim? Yeah, why would I? That's not even a card in my deck. It's like yeah. when you open up a new pack of cards, there's two Joker cards, it's gone. So what would you say to the the guy that either has been either has been through what you've been through growing up that's looking for something, you know, looking for something life-changing to go after, or the guy that is quote-unquote had it worse? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's it's not about that. And, that's, and you know it's not about who had it worse or what happened. It, it's really about what you make of it. So, like, what would you say to those people? In order that, to learn, you have to leave. Like, again, I come from Scranton, and I always bring it back to Scranton because, like, that's where I'm from. Like, that's where I lived 20 years of my life. So it's one of those things where 
if I didn't leave and take those steps to get out of the situation and move forward, like it's something you always say during the season too. It's like, if you're in hell, why would you stay there? Yeah. Why would you go back? Yeah. Like I'm a big, I'm big into quotes. Wally has this quote in a song. He says, relationships that never rewind. And I believe that with everything in life. It's mm-hmm. like, if you had a good time in the past, it's like, great. You had a good time learn from it. Go get more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a more mentality to where it's like, I'm after more. Why would I stop? Yeah. It's just, there's no reason for me to stop or slow down. Right. Like, there's nothing really else to say about it. Yeah. No, for sure. So this, this upcoming summer will be... Um, year five. Yeah, year five and a big year for you. Uh, where do you want to be five years from now? Five years from now, I'll be 29. With EcoShield... I would love to be an owner of multiple offices and just having the ability to change the lives of people that grew up in this hundreds, but people that grew up in the same situation. Yeah. Like when I see my brothers out there, when they're coming from lives that are again, way worse than mine and I see them smiling, pure joy. Like I just made a sale like that almost makes me want to cry sometimes, bro. Cause it's like, knowing who you were before seeing what you're going through it's, it's almost like we're living through people's living testimony like you know them before you know what they're like going forward and you can see in their eyes what they want to do in the future and it's like bro like that's one of the most beautiful symphonies you yeah. can ever see people play out yeah so you it's one of those things like have part in that. 29 like obviously i want to have a family like i want to have children but i don't want to have that family starting to build until i know i've been through enough stuff to give the proper knowledge and the proper abilities to them to where they don't have to figure it out for themselves. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm still going to let them make the mistakes, but I'm going to be yeah. there to have the support for them. Like, yeah, I've done that myself. Like same thing with sales, bro. It's like, I keep getting this objection. This is a terrible day because X, Y, Z, but it's like, yeah, but here, why do you think that happened in mm-hmm. the back of my mind? I know why, but like, why do you think, let me help you change your perspective. Cause I've been through it already. Like it's one of those things like, again, back to the wolf thing. It's like, I've went through that path I've tried to go in deep snow words, avalanche caution or whatever you want to say, like just problematic zone. And I learned to get back to it because I have people like you or support system, like get me back on track. So it's one of those things where I don't want to see people that I love or I'm building a relationship, go down the same slippery slope that I went past yeah. and went through. Being able to guide people through that is, is awesome. Yeah, know? of course. It's very fulfilling. Like we are saying, it, it's more fulfilling than driving a fast car. Cause we and you have both, on, had our toys. On uh, we had our toys on very you know remote Arkansas roads where there's not many people there and you can kind of let it loose. Bro, the only reason Grant <laughs> came out, he was like, "Bro, I don't believe the money at all." Once you pulled up in the M3, I was like, "Okay, what are you, what are you doing?" Yeah, it's it, and the cars are obviously it's just an outward thing that shows people it's it's a legit thing. And it's an outward thing, but it's also like one of those things where we earned it. Yeah, if it's something you went after, that's okay. It's not. Like, that's not a bad thing. By no means. Like, we visualize, like, again, is it a mistake financially? We'll look back at it when sure. we're 29, five-year plan from now. Like, yeah, that was stupid. I didn't plan on slowing down, though. No, by no means. That's what I mean. There's Bugattis here. It's like, back to, like, what I was saying before, like, you see a portion screen, it's like, that's beautiful. But, like, here, it's like, you see Bugatti, and it's like, oh, yeah, that, that's the pinnacle. Right. It's a... There's always more out there with the money thing, but at the end of the day, like we were saying, at the, when you're able to change somebody's life that's way more fulfilling at the end of the day uh, you know this is your one life so drive what you want to drive mm-hmm. 
however it takes to get there, you know, if, if it means something to you, make it work. And that's cool. It, it was, um, you know, for, for me, it, my dad, w- whenever I won, um, state championship, my junior, he was mm-hmm. like, this is something that I set this goal. I went and did this mm-hmm. and, uh, it happened. You can't change that. And so that's a super fulfilling feeling. And then also being able to give other people the chance to have that feeling too is, is awesome. I mean, yeah, I it's, think it's better. I think it's better, you know, because I've had both. I've had the, the feeling of um, driving a super cool car, you know, because I, I made X amount of money. And mm-hmm. I've, I've also now, uh, especially because of this year, I've had the feeling of, hey, this guy came out and worked with me um, and he made, you know, X amount of money and was able to buy this car because that's the goal that he set. So that, you know, that's been super cool. Um, so kind of, you know, talking about this, we're talking about all this stuff that we're happy about doing stuff you know we accomplished however you want to look at it um what are you most proud of hmm i think this is a good question honestly i think the man i'm most proud of is sitting in this room right now like dave young going from not necessarily hitting the cap of his existence doing the management side on the operation side of the business like again like we talked about it before like you see him doing like answering the phone at what were you 21 22 when i was 19 mm-hmm. you're 21 when i was 20 mm-hmm. so it's one of those things we're seeing like this man is respected by the people that own this office he's one of those guys that answers the phone super punctual like what's up jake what, what, talk to me what's going on and it's consistent like that it was almost like a weird structure of our relationship because it was like, I look up to you, bro. Right. Because you manage a team of technicians around the world and they're coming out of the hood of Los Angeles. Yeah. And then going out there and having the experience to have the ability to go work for a company, get out of the streets, and then do something that they probably never thought they were going to do either, sell spray pest control. And now seeing him come into a world where it's like, okay, I get to have a seat in the Ferrari and seeing him go out there and do it. Like one of our last, our last three days was probably my favorite, my favorite days. That was a favorite way I ever ended a summer. We just started the new year. It's uh, it's no, today's not the first. It's been a whirlwind for, for us traveling from on the first, but Mm -hmm. we, so today's the second, we get on a cruise tomorrow, which is super fun, but you've, you're, you're in Miami. So you've had people come visit. Bro, like um, pretty much your whole team basically has I have had my best time in Miami with my team down here. I, I, I bet. Like it's one of those things where I've had where a great time since I got here. You feel me, dude? Like so we've had fun. bad trips down here. Like not bad trips, but like we've didn't didn't do everything we could. We didn't do it right. Yeah, we did but it right like, this time. When you get to see like that growth, like that's what I'm talking about. When I say like you get to see the most beautiful symp- symphony being played out by somebody, and it's their life. Yeah, it's them playing the strings. It's not somebody else playing the strings for them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things. Seeing him grow, flourish. It's like he did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like he, he wow, look at him drive his Ferrari, type of deal. You know, and he's, he's driving the thing better than I am. Some days, bro. Like we were in this neighborhood our last three days and. What we a neighborhood, are, by the way. Wow. Gated. Wow. You guys figured it out. Wow. <laughs> Dave's laughing to, over there. He knows. He had his best day. He, had, he did seven plus thousand dollars, and that's like a seven plus. So that's a lot of that's a lot of money in a day. And 
he showed me his pins and we're both just buzzing because I know I'm leaving soon and I know he's got goals and he's hitting his goals. Like you could yeah. see his momentum finally break. Like he did 7K in like in August, bro. Like that doesn't happen for right. people. Right, for, for rookies and stuff, yeah. So like seeing him like, yo, Jake, I only talked to, I closed seven people, I only talked to nine people today. I was like, bro, I've never done that any day of Soul Passion Girl. Needs your rookie year. Like seeing that shit, it's like. That's success. It's a beautiful period. Yeah, no, I feel you. It's a crazy feeling. It's it, it you know, the, the cars are cool. Like we said, it's just whenever you're able to do that for other people, it's, it's, it's crazy for, you know, so now, it, you know, what's something you say to a guy that, you know, is on the edge? Like, you know, he's, he's been recruited by somebody through Eco Shield, whether it's, you know, somebody in our office or, you know, he's listening from a different part of the country where we aren't, you know, like where we aren't recruiting. What, what do you say to that guy to get him to try it? To it's the same it? thing my mom told me. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? You yeah. come out, you meet some people that are making money at an age, do living the lifestyle that you would want or may not want. But, again, what's the worst that can happen? Right. I mean, it, like we said. It's four months out of the year. It's a quarter of the year. It's just summertime. Like, it's not... People always say, like, well, I don't want to sacrifice X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, you're just, don't look at it as a sacrifice. Again, watch the way you talk to yourself. It's an investment. Yeah. You're giving four months of your time to do eight months of anything you want. The income is farly, far more significant than the... Uh, the outcome is far more sig- significant than the income. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Input, I should say. So for me, like... Especially after having this conversation, obviously I know you. You know, like mm-hmm. we we didn't even have to have this conversation. Some of these questions, I'm just kind of like, oh, I wonder how he'll answer this right, one this time. You know, but um, you know, for you, like when you die, you know, like how, like you know, when you're gone, how, like what what do you want your impact to be on this world? You know, outside of Eco Shield and all this stuff, like characteristics that you're known by, by your corner that you were able to you know, your corner of the world that you were able to impact, you know, what's, what's their message? Jacob is one of those guys that not only did he give everything he could, but he gave more to others than he did himself. Yeah. Like everything I learn, I give back in some sort of way. Like my income, I figure out ways I can give as my mom more. Yeah. My knowledge, I figure out ways I can teach my little brother. My future planning, I learn I think of how can I make this impact my niece who's three years old? Yeah. How can I make, again, my corner of the world a nice place? So it's one of those things where I'm always in other people's corners, like the guy that's over the shoulder, like that Instagram DM you sent the other day where it's a guy screaming, like, come on, Leon, you got this. Like, this is all you. Like, one of those people that just motivates someone to get the best out of them because at the end of the day, bro, like, what else are we doing? Because I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to die one day. Yeah. But it's all about what lives afterwards.